0: read a news story and say, no, that that can't be. Come on. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, that happened to me. After, actually, to the point where I had to call and get the reporter on the phone. Um, and, and that's, we have him on the phone right now. As a matter of fact, this is about pesticides and EPA the Environmental Protection Agency, the FADS, saying they want to, in areas of Washington state and many other states, ban pesticides. Like, blanket ban, I guess? Not just specific pesticides? And does this apply to conventional synthetic pesticides? There are others. There are, are... organic pesticide what does it, what is going on here and apparently this has to do with some endangered species of butterflies and other uh, insects and animals but i i can't even really set this up because i am incredulous as to How this could be happening um, just because it doesn't align with what what I understand. And and even the State Department of Ag, it sounds like, is pushing back against this, saying this is anti-science. It goes against uh, what the science is saying on some of these issues. This is The Farming Show, by the way. Dylan Honkoop here. And joining us is the reporter who's been covering this for the Capitol Press, Don Jenkins. Welcome to the program this morning. Don first off what is this explain what the proposal even is it's a pilot project
1: it, the EPA is calling it a pilot project and i think a lot of people including myself are trying to understand the proposal there's a there's a 52 page white paper and there's a 100 sorry a 99 page technical document
0: i'm sure that's and, fun um, reading yeah that's,
1: that's <laughs> fun reading That's <laughs> was very technical yeah and um, the EPA. One of the one of the really interesting things about this is that the EPA rolled this out without consulting state pes- state pesticide regulators. And there's an association of state pesticide uh, regulators, mm-hmm. and and they they read this and they're they're very surprised. They call it unreasonable. And, um, and that, that's and we'll do, the
0: regulators. Yeah. Those are the people that are on top of dealing with these issues. They're not people that are generally out there saying, hey, yeah, we're not worried about pesticides. No, these are the people that regulate them, and they say these are unreasonable.
1: And they say that um, it's going to make their jobs very hard hmm. because they're so they're so unreasonable that what will happen is that people won't comply with them Mm -hmm. and not just farmers because it it applies to all outdoor non-residential use so if you're a a groundskeeper of an athletic field it Mm -hmm. applies to you if you are a groundskeeper of a golf course it applies to you it applies to forestry so um and the idea is that the US Fish and Wildlife Service and keep in mind it's an EPA plan it's an EPA plan that creates a tremendous workload for the Fish and Wildlife Service, they would become, for the first time, co-regulators with the states on pesticide applications. So even though the federal government makes a lot of pesticide laws, it's up to the states to enforce them. And what, this, what the states are saying is that this is unscientific and unreasonable. And as I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to problems because there'll be, um, as, as the state pesticide officials put it, widespread lack of compliance. And there's going to be disrespect then for pesticide application laws.
0: Yeah, then then and- you actually push people toward a Wild West scenario. I mean, this has been the argument on drug, you know, the the war on drugs for a long time is if you overdo it, it actually creates a black market. It creates unregulated use and you go backward in, in what you're allegedly trying to accomplish. So but let's, let's roll back just a little bit, Don. Again, they're talking about banning the use of all pesticides in given areas. And, and I should mention this is the, the main reason of this whole idea, apparently, is to protect Taylor's checker spot butterflies. That's their name, apparently, an endangered uh, species. Um, and we're talking with Don Jenkins right now who's been reporting on this, and I'm just you know, quoting little tidbits from the reporting he's done on this in the Capitol Press. But, Don, they would say you couldn't spray any pesticide of any kind, or I, I, I should say spray, but really there are pesticides that are applied other way. You couldn't use, apply, whatever, any kind of pesticide in a given area?
1: You could use pesticides, but there would be additional regulations. So you could think of it. A farmer, I think, could think of it. Uh, right now, a farmer, of course, has to follow all the um, app- application rules, right, and also the label. The uh, follow the label on the yep. pesticide. This would add additional pages or regulations to that label. And so, right now, it's like, wh- what does that mean? Would would um, these additional pa- papers make it so I couldn't spray at all? Mm-hmm. Well, it's unknown. It's you unknown. And also also then um, a big issue is could you spray it when you needed it? Because if you have to go to Fish and Wildlife Service and get approval from somebody Mm -hmm. every time you go to spray, I think think farmers would tell you that's not very
0: practical. Well, and that harkens back to the effort a few years ago in Olympia uh, to require a four-day notice um, to the state and to – nearby residents and businesses uh, what whatnot for farmers who are applying you know crop ma- protection materials of various kinds um, again above and beyond the existing long list of regulations uh, on these uh, products use um, including you know what's on the label and local and regional state federal rules that was a big problem at that time too this sounds like it's that concept on steroids in some ways, because it's even less defined.
1: Well, um, the, what the EPA regulation says, if you wanted to spray in um, over 2 million acres in Washington and Oregon, about, about oh, more than a million in Western Washington and more than a million in Western Oregon, you would need to, three months in advance, get permission from Fish and Wildlife Service. And if there was an outbreak, then it's kind of there's it's kind of vague what would happen if there was a there was an outbreak, but it would involve getting again consulting with the Fish and Wildlife Service and um, taking different mitigation efforts.
0: Now, whatever it, that means, three months in advance, Don. Do you know? I mean, is that like a blanket kind of thing? Like you 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 have to jump through some hoops. Uh, three months in advance, and then you'll be able to to kind of go back to business as usual. Come, you know, growing well, the, season and harvest time, or is this for um, a way, single application?
1: The way the way it's it's written, it, it wouldn't be like a blanket permission for your farm. Then to uh, have a pesticide application program, it would be for for each application.
0: How in the world could, I mean, four days was untenable. How in the world would someone know whether they can, you know, need to apply something three months in advance? And the issue there that arose with the four-day notification rule was it's going to cause people to say, hey, I don't know. So I'm going to err on the safe side and apply more than maybe needs to be just to cover my but and to make sure that, you know, we don't get things out of control, it's going to lean to more pesticide use potentially was the argument. Then has that been talked about with this?
1: Yes. The, the Oregon department, Oregon department's department of agriculture and the Washington department of agriculture, both have sent long and, and very critical comments to the, to the EPA about this. Now the EPA, they had a 45 day comment period, which is unusually short. For a major proposal. And they received 10,492 comments. As of today, they've only past, uh, posted 49 um, on a website, regulations.gov, where you can watch comments. So I have an, have an inquiry, I haven't received a response from them yet why they haven't posted more and when they're going to post more. Because I think what the comments will show is that people all over the country. Farmers, farm groups, and um, state pesticide regulators, mm-hmm. state departments of agriculture, have the very same concerns that that you've been talking about.
0: So, okay, this is to protect a, a, an endangered butterfly, um, Taylor's checker spot butterflies. I've never even heard of this, mind you. I'm not an entomologist, or you know, super into these kinds of things, but I've never heard of, of said endangered species. Do we know at this point, you talked about, you know, potentially a million acres somewhere in that neighborhood, just in, in Western Washington, another million acres in, in Western Oregon. Do they have that mapped out where that would even be? For instance, a farmer here in Whatcom County, do we know at this point, would they be even affected by this Skagit County, Snohomish? Where, where where does this go?
1: Well, not so much in, in they do, the EPA has something called, when they're calling them story maps, um, but they have um, these circles on the map. It doesn't affect Whatcom County too much, but it, it definitely affects Sk- the Skagit Valley. Uh. And it affects um, a lot of other farm areas like Lewis County and Southwest Washington. And um, it's much. The, it's not like this butterfly can be found in those areas. They're found in just a few isolated spots. In Oregon, they're found in two meadows. Um, and so there, it's. It, I mean, it's like Eugene is in, is in the middle of one circle in Oregon. The mm-hmm. U, Oregon State University campus is is covered by this. Um, you get to almost Tacoma um, it is covered by Olympia, so Snohomish. Let's see, Thurston County, Pierce County. Yeah. So it's far removed. From where the, the butterfly is. And also, you know, this pilot project, I should, should note the Taylor's checker spot butterfly is one of 27 species that's involved in okay. this pilot yeah. projects. So I counted up, there's 20 parts of 29 states that are affected by this. I don't know if it's got much attention nationally yet. Wow. I think when 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 um, lawmakers catch on to what's going on, then it may become a, a big issue.
0: Um, Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) I mean, not, not to be a conspiracy theorist, and this is just my perspective that it's coming out now with a very short comment. Period. It's in the middle of harvest time um, for farmers. Uh, a lot of farmers are the, right around their busiest time of the year right now. Uh, it's also the time when a lot of other folks are, uh, you know, on vacation. Um, lawmakers, regulators, you know, it's a slower time for them. It feels like maybe people are sleeping at the switch here, not recognizing what's happening. And like I said, not a lot of people talking about this or covering this. Uh, other than the cover, the good coverage that I've seen you do, Don. And again, we're talking with Don Jenkins right now, a reporter at the Capitol Press, uh, who's been talking about this proposal by the EPA to essentially ban or effectively uh, reasonable applications of what is it? Any. Kind of pesticide within given areas, uh, ostensibly to protect endangered species, butterflies and other kinds of. Is it animals, Don, or are these all like insects of some kind? What, what's, what? Do, how would there, you characterize there, the list?
1: Well, there there's a combination of uh, plants, including one in Eastern Washington, um, which covers a small area that's mostly in. Um, the Hanford uh, National Monument. Mm-hmm. So that probably won't be too controversial. But there's plants, there's fish, there's insects, there's, there's mammals, there's a variety of, of species.
0: Now, as you've said earlier, and we've said many times on this program, there are a lot of regulations already tied to pesticides at the local, state, federal level, um, and they're intended to protect... Um, amongst other things, humans, animals, the environment like we're talking about, um this would be obviously far above and beyond that, but there's some question about the science there that even the Washington State Department of Agriculture looks like um, ODA as well pushing back pretty hard against the feds that are proposing this, saying that this doesn't align with the science. Talk about what they're saying about what's actually causing problems with these protected species. And what the science says about the actual reality of threat from pesticides is maybe not what it's been represented to be.
1: The EPA says that it picked the twenty-seven species um partly because they were particularly vulnerable to pesticides. Now, um certainly that's probably questionable in, in all the cases, but with the Taylor's checker spot butterfly, its problem identified by u.s fish and wildlife service and the washington department of fish and wildlife is the loss of habitat these butterflies like prairie well you you know you you have a city there goes the prairie right you have a you have forest grow Mm -hmm. um there's the prairie and um the only the only mention in the washington department's official washington department of fish and wildlife has a recovery plan for this butterfly and its only mention of pesticides is is a favorable mention of herbicides being used to kill non-native plants that crowd out the kind of habitat that these butterflies like.
0: So they're actually banning products that could help in the recovery of these endangered species in some cases potentially?
1: That was one of the the points that the Washington Department of Agriculture made in its comments to the EPA, that this plan could actually be harmful to this particular butterfly.
0: Another question, and and we're about to run out of time, unfortunately. Again, you're probably, if you're listening, you're probably hearing the how incredulous I am! Uh, you just in my voice, at some of the aspects of what's being proposed here. Again, we're talking with Don Jenkins with um, the Capitol Press, talking about what EPA has proposed. Um, Don, one of the questions I want to get to though before we run out of time is: Do we know would this apply to synthetic pesticides? Would it also apply to? Uh, organic pesticides. A lot of people aren't often aware that there's even a difference or that organic farming does involve pesticides. Certainly it does. And in some cases, large amounts of them, they're just in the organic category, which as uh, you know, experts multiple times on this program have pointed out, doesn't necessarily mean that they're safe, and in fact, sometimes they can be more harsh. Um, but they are organic, meaning they're carbon-based, uh, which is more of a, a you know chemistry designation than anything. Does this whole proposal make? You know, does it distinguish between conventional or, or synthetic pesticides and organic pesticides?
1: The proposal does not. It's a uh it's a it's a blanket application to insecticides and herbicides and so it raises concerns one of the concerns that Oregon washington have is when they have an outbreak of spongy moths they used to be known as uh, gypsy gypsy moths mm-hmm. um, they spray from the from the air on organic fertilizer and it has to be sort of you know organic mild because they're spraying it over areas large right. areas right. from the air and um they are concerned that this the the EPA's proposal will prevent them from doing that and so then they say that would be that would be bad yeah. that would be bad to have this invasive moth get out of control we've been able to fight it for about 40 some years successfully
0: yeah Well, it seems like there needs to be be some some cost-benefit analysis here, and I don't just mean economically, even though I'm sure the economic impact on the farming community, forestry, and many others would be vast as a result of this. But even the cost-benefit analysis on dealing with various species, like you mentioned, the gypsy moth, what happens if that becomes out of control because of this? Again, could cause more harm potentially to other endangered native species. This seems very one-sided and focused on just a narrow aspect, and it doesn't sound like they've taken into account um, kind of the bigger picture, and certainly that's what we're hearing from these other state organizations that say they weren't even consulted. Again, talking uh, with Don Jenkins with Capitol Press. Uh, just a couple of seconds left. Have has anyone in the organic farming world spoken out about this? Because this would affect them as well. I mean, people. Some people even use vinegar as a pesticide. That that then is a pesticide if it's killing a pest. What happens to people who do that? Then they're in the same boat here, right?
1: You know, I haven't heard heard uh, from or or talked to any organic farmers. I think that um, if the EPA posts more of the ten thousand four hundred ninety two comments um, it received, I think you will hear criticism from organic farmers and a whole lot of other people.
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I think it's important for us to start paying attention to this, folks. Um, and thank goodness that Don Jenkins is on the job digging through the, I'm sure, a monotonous task of, of all this paperwork that they've released in the short amount of time that they've given for people to pour over uh, these documents. But again, the EPA... Um, proposing a a pilot project that could prove devastating for agriculture, not just conventional, but organic agriculture as well, uh, dealing with pesticides and draconian uh, limits on their use in given areas um, based on protecting some uh, endangered species, what that actually looks like. If that actually protects those species or not and could potentially cause more harm, all up for debate, it sounds like. And it sounds like this is not the end of this story. We're going to keep following this here, Uh, Don. uh, We'll keep following your reporting as well. And it sounds like um, we may have more to talk about in the near future as this this develops, because this could be major. Thanks for taking the time to fill us in on what you know so far about this, and we'll be checking back.
1: Oh, very good. Thank you.